And so I'm starting today on the message, Save to Live, and it's Save to Live Abundantly. Now, obviously, the church, our name is Abundant Life. Sometimes you just say that name and wonder, why do we have it? Well, there's a reason. Christ saved us to live fulfilled and full. Abundance is what he does and who he is. John 10 verse 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you may have life and that you might have it more abundantly. You see, Jesus came to give us abundant life. Well, what does that mean? What does that look like? I can tell you it's not misery. It's not defeat. Abundant life has a few things that I believe are important to abundance. And it's not just wealth or possessions when we talk about abundant life. So let's look at it this morning. Now, to start off, I've got to tell you the God we serve is a God of abundance. He created this world. He created the universe. He created it all, and he created it not stingy, but with abundance. What do I mean by that? Genesis 1, verse 20. God said, let the waters abound with abundance of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God just simply with his word, speaking, declares abundance. He says, let there be abundance in the ocean. Why did he do that? You know, maybe while he was going to put people and he wanted to make sure they could eat. Maybe, but then why didn't he just make like a few? You know, not too many. Because he's a God of abundance. And he can, so he does. He can create millions and billions, so he does. There's an estimated global bird population of between 50 billion birds. Did you hear that? 50 billion birds. That's God's abundance. So next time you go out to get in your vehicle and there's little white blotches on it, don't get upset. Be like, that's God's abundance. There are so many birds, they found my car. Just choose to get excited about who he is. And remember, wow, if he can have 50 billion birds, he's got my stuff. Okay? So trust him in it. And then think about the ocean animals. I did a little research on this, and they can't even come up with a number, but they have estimated that there are one million species of ocean animals. Did you catch that? One million different kinds of ocean animals. So they can't even come up with a number because there's millions of each kind. It's almost unbelievable to think, you know, you, God was saying, oh, we're going to have an abundance in here. I think I'll make one of these and one of these a million later. And we'll make sure that they can reproduce so there's lots. One person tried to estimate saying, well, maybe there's about five trillion fish. But that's just fish. That's not all the other species. And then, of course, at the end of their estimate, they say, we actually have no clue. And the reason they have no clue is scientists say that they figure they've only explored 5% of the oceans. Wow. Here we're putting things in space trying to figure out space. We've only explored 5% of the oceans. 
God made that. God did that. And he did it with abundance because that's who he is. Think about this. Genesis 1.14 is when God created the stars. Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. And let there be for signs and seasons and for days and years. So he speaks and creates the stars in our universe. And if you read it, he's speaking it for a purpose. And really, he's speaking it for light for the earth. And so you can look up and see stars. And he creates it in abundance by speaking it. Okay, so how many stars are there? I want you to remember this. The God you serve is not cheap or stingy. Why didn't he just make one sun and one moon for the one planet? Uh, Because he can make whatever he wants, so he did. And he's a God of abundance. They estimate again, because nobody really knows, but they try to make an estimate by what they can see in pictures. And there's approximately 100 billion stars in our galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy, 100 billion. So they know that there are so many galaxies, and they try to estimate, and they have come up with a number. They figure there are about 200 billion trillion stars. And now we're like, oh, let's just say gazillion billion. You know, we're just making numbers here now that nobody has a clue. But if you're wondering, that is a two followed by 23 zeros. Not so many stars. Now, it's still a big number. Still, I don't know. Well, one article I read, they said, well, if you kind of want to know what does that look like, you could take a one-cup measuring cup and count all the measuring cups in all the oceans and then do it ten times. That's what this number is. That's quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Just do that in your bathtub today. It'll take you most of the day and you'll count how many... You know, (laughs) it's unfathomable. That's who you're serving. I think if he can create that simply with a word... He can figure out your problem if you'll, if you'll give it to him, if you'll hand it over. I think he knows your needs. I think he's got you. He's big. When I think about his abundance, of course, I just have to tell you this story. I got to go fishing on Saturday. Got to go fishing. He took me out on his boat. Well, we had abundance. Now, you can only take one fish home, and it has to be a certain size Well, we caught that, and then we just caught lots that we released. Abundance. I am going to say I caught more than he did. No, we'll just leave that out. But the funny thing is, I caught more than he did, but does anybody want to know why? You see, I couldn't catch any, and then he gave me his favorite lure, and I didn't give it back the rest of the afternoon, and I caught more than he did. But yeah, so God is a God of abundance, and he wants to bless you. You know, I think about a fishing trip like that. Just, it was enjoyable for fun, and God saying, that's good. Why didn't we only catch the one that we were going to eat? Because God is a God of abundance. I don't want you to live just barely getting by and think that's God's life for you. It's not. If you're living just barely surviving, You're not living the life Christ paid for. It's that simple. Whew, I don't know, Pastor. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. 
I'm sure of it. I've read this book. I'm sure of it. Go check out God's people. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Solomon, David. Go check them out. The people around them said, those are God's people. And it says they were afraid of them because how wealthy they were. God wants us to live in abundance because he's a God of abundance. But obviously we're not only talking about finance. And for us to truly live abundant and fulfilled, we need to have some things in our life flowing over. And one of those is joy. Psalm 16 verse 11 You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Philippians 4 verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I will say rejoice. The joy that the Lord wants us to overflow in is not dependent on circumstances. Because you know what? There will be things you go through. 1 Peter 1 and verse 6, he's speaking to people who have gone through some trials. And he says, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. Everybody say for a little while. Everybody say for a little while again. Okay, we don't live in trials, but there are times we go through them for a little while. If the little while is becoming a long, long while... Get prayer, get victory. That's not his plan. But he said for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Verse 8, you love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do now not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. These people that Peter is talking to were going through some crazy trials. And in Bible times when they said you're going through trials, there might have been somebody getting killed or martyred or thrown in prison and whipped forever. You know, they're, they're done. They're not talking about the kind of trials we call trials. And he said... They had joy that was unbelievable, inexpressible, overflowing joy. They were like crazy, joyful people. You ever met a crazy, joyful person? A couple people are like, yeah, yeah, it should be us, but it isn't always, is it? See, joy is not dependent on our circumstance, but on Him. Galatians 5 and verse 22 It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these. Joy is produced by the Holy Spirit. You feel like you're lacking joy? Get in His presence. Get in a good worship service like this morning. Let His presence fill you. Boy, that was good. And to feel that joy. God also wants us, I believe, to live with an abundance of love. 1 John 4, 16, we know how much God loves us. And we have put our trust in His love. Because God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. God wants us to be overflowing with Him, with love. John 13, 35, by this will all... 
will, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. You see, you and I as believers are meant to be the most loving people in the world. Think about it. People are supposed to know we're his followers by our love for one another. But God truly wants us to operate in love. And love shows mercy. Love shows compassion to people. Love doesn't give people what they deserve at the grocery store or wherever. Love says, this person must be having a horrible day and everything, the service they give me, how they're treating me, that's all right. And we find something to say that'll encourage them. Okay? Let's be those kind of people. You see, healthy, loving relationships are a part of living abundantly. You actually won't feel like you're living an abundant life if you have no loving relationships. If relationships are only surface level or relationships are crashed and burned on all levels, you won't feel like you're living abundantly. So be willing to work on those and be willing to show love when you can. God also, I believe, wants us to live with an abundance of peace. Okay, so for us to truly live abundant, there needs to be joy, love, peace. And we got a couple more coming. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. It's Jesus talking. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither, neither let it be afraid. You see, fear is the very opposite of peace. Peace means there is no fear. You can't have a peaceful mind and heart when you're afraid of something bad happening, whatever that might look like. So to have peace, say, Lord, bring me the peace that no matter what's going on, no matter what people are saying, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to step in and walk in your peace. Philippians 4, verse 6, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Isn't that the answer right there? Take it to him in prayer and let his peace fill you. Bring it to him. If he gives you some direction, step out in that direction. But start it off with, Lord, you see the situation? You know what's going on? Thank you, you've got this. Thank you, you're going to work it out. I give it to you. And then let him do it. He will give you that peace which is beyond understanding. I believe also, of course, that God wants us to live with an abundance of finance. We're talking about some of these other things that are so important, and I talked about them first because... If you have an abundance of finance, but no joy, no love, and no peace, it's not living abundantly. It's just having a lot of finance. So that's why I'm putting it a little further on in today's message. But I do believe he also wants us to have an abundance of finance for his kingdom purpose. So I'm going to read a couple verses that some of you have heard me read before. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10 one we read often, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Now, here God is saying, hey, just if you want to do what I've asked, 
I guarantee, I promise you, you can test me in it, I'll pour out on you. And this is the tithe or 10%, which is a basic amount that God established in the Old Testament, actually before the law was ever given. Uh, there was the idea of tithe happening before Moses ever gave the law. And then it continues in the New Testament, it's mentioned as well. So we see it as a basic thing to say to God, because I'm a believer, whatever you give to me, I'm going to give back 10% to you. And that's a basic. Then if the Holy Spirit is directing, we give in other areas as well. And I'm talking about myself personally. And that's kind of a common understanding for believers, if anybody's wondering. And does God come through and pour out? Yes, He does. Yes, He does. He wants us to live with an abundance of finance. Deuteronomy 8, verse 18. Listen to this. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant, which He swore to your fathers, as it is this day. Everybody say power. Everybody say wealth. The power to gain wealth comes from God. Okay? Now, maybe some of your minds, well, I know some wealthy people who are evil. Well, they may be getting wealth in a wrong manner, but as a believer, it's God that gives power to get wealth. Okay. Ecclesiastes 5, verse 19 says, As for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth and given him power to eat of it, to receive his heritage and rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. So wealth is not evil. And Scripture says the love of money is the root of all evil. In other words, you can't chase money or spend your life trying to gain money. That's wrong. But if you're going after God, He does give you the power to get wealth, even gives it as a gift. Okay, so it's not wrong to have wealth. And He says He wants us to have it for His kingdom purpose, but also to bless you. He's that good. Proverbs 13, 22. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Now, I've read that verse before, and we've talked about how God wants to bless you so much, you're able to have inheritance for your grandkids even. But the second half, I maybe haven't talked about as much, but it says the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the righteous. What does that mean? Have you ever thought about this? That means stores of wealth that somebody who's bringing it in in an evil way, God is already determined he's going to use that for somebody to do right things. Wow. He's going to use that and put it into the hands of somebody who will do righteous things or his purpose. Everybody put your hands like this. Are you willing to do the right things if God puts wealth in your hands? Are you? Okay. Well, guess what? There's some bank accounts that drug dealers and evil people have set up, and that money needs to go somewhere. <laughs> oh, when I go here, some people are like, oh, pastor. Hey, if you have never prayed this prayer, I'm going to encourage you to pray it. The prayer goes like this. I'm going to pray it right now, actually, over you. Lord, I thank you that there is wealth stored up in the wrong bank accounts. There's wealth stored up in the wrong safes. 
And you said it's stored up for the righteous. Lord, I pray and believe now that you will put it into the hands of the righteous. The hands of businesses here, the hands of individuals here, that they can do your purpose. And Lord, I thank you they will. We say it's released now. And Lord, I say also into the hands of churches, specifically Abundant Life Worship Center. We declare we believe for it. All right. Amen. Okay. Now, if you have never prayed something like that, don't be shy. Go ahead. Pray. Declare it. I remember years ago going to a church, and when they would start their service, they would declare some things about God's blessing. And every one of the declarations was from Scripture. Okay? Why do we declare things? Why do we say it first? Well, how did God create abundance? How did, he, how did God create abundance? He spoke it. Whose image are you and I created in? His. Who do we have dwelling in us? The Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit, he said, right? He said, I'm going to go and give you the Holy Spirit, which is him. So we also can speak his truth, his word, by his leading, and I believe we can see Abundance. Okay, so try it. Do it. Step out. Be bold. Did you know too often we declare other things? I never have enough. Oh, I never pay my bills. Oh, I always get these jobs that don't pay very much. Oh, I have a terrible boss. Oh, I never get enough hours. You're declaring some things right there over your life. Stop. Stop. Oh, there's always things that happen that use up all my money. For sure, there'll be a breakdown. Oh, it's so-and-so's fault. It's this people, that one did. Stop! If that's how you live and believe, you will never take a step in the right direction. Instead, declare things. I thank you, Lord, I have a job. I thank you that this job is bringing me favor. I thank you that I'm going to have an increase in my wage. I thank you that I have favor with the bosses. I thank you that you put people over me that want to see me prosper, that want to see me go further. Do you see the difference? When you speak that, you begin to go in that direction. Because the things we're focused on is the direction we go. So I want you to start to speak and to say things that are different. If you're having nonstop breakdowns using up all your money, then say, devil, get away from my stuff because that's not a God thing. Well, sure, you're going to have to maintain things and things happen, but if it's a nonstop thing, it's the enemy trying to create a hole in your bucket, if you will. So now instead, oh, Lord, I thank you that these breakdowns stop. These nonstop issues that are sucking out finance, we command them be done in Jesus' name. I thank you that finance builds, expands, overflows so that I can put it into your kingdom, so that I can give to every good work, as one scripture says. Paul said that. He said, give uh, cheerfully. Give without grudging and he said when you give abundantly it comes back abundantly 
And he said, in those scripture, you'll be blessed. So trust him with finance. And know this, he wants you blessed. All right, so that's going to be a thing. You do it often. You speak it and you go forward. I had somebody actually asked me a question. I'm going to go there. Obviously, this isn't in my notes. We're okay for time. They had said about the finance in a prayer time, they kind of asked, you know, I feel like I've been doing the giving. I do different things, but what am I doing wrong? Because it seems like the finance uh, still disappears. And uh, I said, well, you can pray and ask God for wisdom, and you can pray and ask how do we move forward? I had prayed, actually, a staff, we were going through a book, and there was a time where as you could, they were in the book saying you should pray about the right questions to ask. I'd never really heard that before. Well, sure, let's ask the Holy Spirit for the right questions. So we took some time to pray, and the two questions that came to me were, how do we multiply leaders, and how do we multiply finance? And I'm thinking for his kingdom, right? And, uh, well, that's good questions. So I asked him later, actually just recently on our holidays, I, of course, read through the book, and the book is about leadership. I knew I was going to get some answers from that. But the Lord said to me, you multiply finance the same way you multiply leaders. I was like, okay, well, I understand to see leaders. And by the way, multiplying leaders is discipleship. And you... Train someone to do what you're doing, and then you train them to train others. Okay, so if anybody's my age, there used to be a shampoo commercial. And they would say, you tell two friends, and they'll tell two friends, and they'll tell two friends, and the screen was suddenly full of people telling two friends. The same principle. So you show somebody what you know, but also show them how to show somebody what they know. So quickly, everybody... Uh, that's multiplying. God say you multiply finance the same way. You create the first finance, then you let that finance make more finance. And the finance it makes, makes more finance. Now, do I know how to actually do all that? No, but I got an answer to my question. And I, I do understand some, you know, investing or buying a property instead of renting. You're now making your finance make finance. But that's how... It is. It's that simple. So now if you know the question to ask, now you can be praying, okay, God, that little bit of money that I put aside, what do you want me to do with it so that it can grow? One person once said, people who are wealthy make money while they're sleeping. If you've ever been level where you only make money if you're working hard, when you hear that, you're like, seriously, someone can make money while they're sleeping? Yeah, it's called letting your finance make finance. Investing or whatever way God is leading you and showing you. So I want to encourage you on that. That was way off topic, but God wants to bless you. It was sort of on topic. God wants to bless you. So begin asking him those questions. Lord, what do you want me to do with what you've given me so that it can grow? Ask him. He'll give you an answer. Okay? He really will. There might be some thing that he's telling you to put it into or something he's asking you to buy and you're going to resell it in a few years. I don't know, but... Ask him, he'll tell you. Okay? If what you're doing right now isn't working, then you need to ask him for something different. 
It's just simple. Okay? Everybody's good with that? Whew. And if this has been kind of heavy or there's so much you can't get it all, find somebody and go fishing this afternoon. It'll be awesome. You can think about it <laughs> while you catch fish. Oh, yes. All right. God wants us to also live with an abundance of forgiveness. And I'm wrapping up with this. Isaiah 53, verse 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. In Psalm 103, verse 12, it says, As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. See, Jesus came to bring forgiveness, unbelievable forgiveness to you and I. He hung on that cross in our place. He'd done no wrong, no sin on him. He hung there to pay our penalty. And the thing that always gets me is while he hung there, the very people he's dying for begin to mock him and accuse him. Can you imagine the pain and the suffering? At any minute, he could have called angels and they would have taken him from there. He's doing it for them, and then they all start, oh, what's wrong with you? If you're really who you said you were, why don't you come down, you fake? Ah, you're just a big phony. Now you're getting what you deserve. It blows me away every time I think of it. You know what his response was? Lord, forgive them. They don't have a clue what they're doing. You know, most people that mess up bad at some level, they don't realize what they're doing or what they're giving into until it's too late. Forgiveness is something God wants us to walk in as well. Matthew 6, 14 and 15. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you, but if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. You see, we have to forgive everybody. And you know the thing about forgiveness is when you forgive somebody, they don't deserve it. You don't forgive because someone deserves it or they did enough to make you want to. You forgive because Jesus said forgive. And when you live forgiving quickly and often, you live abundant. So today I want to encourage you, choose to live in abundance Choose to have joy, love, peace, forgiveness, and choose to allow Him to bless you financially. Be willing to be obedient with whatever He gives you. And I trust and I believe you will live abundantly. I'm going to pray for you. So Lord, I thank you for each one that's here this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you truly want us to live abundantly. And Lord, I ask that you would forgive us for where we believe or act in a way that's the opposite of living abundantly. Lord, forgive us for that. And Lord, I ask that you would take us to a new level. Maybe some of us already have some abundance, but take us to a new level. Increase the joy. Increase the love. Increase our ability to forgive quickly. And Lord, increase finance increase it and cause us to be even more generous. 
I thank you that it's coming. I declare it now over families, over relationships, over businesses, over workplaces. Finance and blessing, abundance overflows your people. In Jesus' name, amen.